BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Here's my favorite rant for the day, excerpted from our podcast, which you can find over at tomhartman.com. Paul in Woodenville, Washington. Hey, Paul, what's on your mind today? Uh, Tom, uh, something occurs to me about uh, the Second Amendment and the Supreme Court decisions uh, pre 1876 and 1980, there were really only three cases in the Supreme Court that, uh, and these dates are important, uh, in 1876, the case of the Morrison Waite Court, Chief Justice Morrison Waite uh, found in a, in a case called uh, United States versus Crookshank that the Second Amendment uh, applied only to the federal government. Actually, the First and Second Amendment only were meant to restrict the powers of the federal government. In 1939, in United States versus Miller, upheld the uh, National Firearms Act, and that which, which banned machine guns. The ultra-conservative James Clark McReynolds, uh, saying that restricting guns, such weapons as sawed-off shotguns, or requiring licensing uh, fees for them, was not a breach of the second of infringement of the Second Amendment. In 1980, in Lewis v. the United States, Chief Justice Warren Burger upheld the 1975 uh, Firearms Control Act. And that's the important part. It was in 2002 that the Cato Institute trumped up, so to speak, a lawsuit to take the court to overturn the 1975 Firearms Control Act. Right. And that's what led to Heller v. D.C., the Cato Institute went out searching for uh, plaintiffs. They found six of them. Ultimately, only one, Heller, was found to have standing. But the point is this, is that we talk about, including Sheriff Mack, they're talking about, uh, we always hear about the original intent of the founding fathers, or the, the, the Second Amendment and Scalia's decision, in particular, McDonald versus Chicago, because in, in Heller, found an individual right where the 1975 Firearms Act did not, and was upheld by in 1980 by Chief Justice Warren Burger. But then, they in in uh, 2010, McDonald versus Chicago was where Samuel Alito incorporated the 14th Amendment into the Second Amendment. Well, it occurred to me just last week that wait a minute, if they incorporated the 14th Amendment into the Second Amendment, by definition, that's not original intent, is it? Right. Yeah, because the 14th, 14th Amendment was not passed until intent. after the Civil War. Uh, exactly. It's also, you know, Morrison three, Remick. And those three previous, uh, three previous cases, uh, in Crookshank, Miller, and Lewis, those were also post-14th Amendment where no individual right was found. And you don't see that the uh, that Scalia's decision overturned or referred to either of those cases. They just 
plane made it up. Yeah, they ignored them. I, uh, although they didn't in the in the dissent, by the way. Um, uh, no, that's true. John Paul it's Stevens' dissent is, is breathtaking, and and um, you know Morrison Remick Waite certainly understood this when he was in, you know on the Supreme Court in the 1880s, and when Warren Burger. Uh, ruled in, in 1975, he, he went on to say in another venue, in a, in a, uh, 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 a speech or an interview, that the whole idea that the Second Amendment was passed so that uh, we could be armed to fight against our government, or the whole idea that there was an individual right within the Second Amendment, these two, these two concepts, which were both being promoted at that time by the National Rifle Association, represented, and I quote, a fraud against the American public. And that, and that, those concepts were put forth in the, uh, in the courts of appeals. Uh, some of the justices or judges in the courts of appeals, when that, when the original Heller case went to di uh, federal district court, right. it was dismissed. And then in the court, one of the just judges in the court of appeals, the D.C. Court of Appeals, reiterated just what you're talking about, that it was to fi fight against a tyrannical government and so on. Right. So it was actually reiterated by the court. Right, this right of rebellion that was created in 1960 by a law student at William and Mary. Right. It's bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre. Paul, thank you for the uh, history lesson and for the you know, uh, very, very tight summation of, of the, the Supreme Court history of the Second Amendment. I appreciate it. Good to hear from you. Carol in uh, Manesson, Pennsylvania. Hey, Carol, you wanted to get to the Waffle House conversation? Yes, hi, and I'm glad you're going to take care of your voice. Thank you. We can't have a day without our education. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was uh, very distressed over the weekend that, uh, first of all, I want to say that Mr. James Shaw, Jr., is a true hero, and I don't throw that, that term around very often. This is the, uh, this is the young African-American man who stepped out of the bathroom and disarmed the shooter. That's amazing. And what really got me over the weekend was the president tweeting all kinds of nonsensical, hateful tweets about everybody, Comey, you name it during the funeral of Barbara Bush. But the one thing he never tweeted about was Mr. James Shaw being a hero and giving the thoughts and prayers to the family of the victims. I thought that was just so crass. Well, the victims were all black, and the shooter yep. was white, and James yep. Shaw was black. So yep. I didn't expect to hear Donald Trump uh, praise uh, him or uh, show any empathy whatsoever for the victims. I mean, this, this is no, no surprise to me. No, he didn't. And I, I was browsing Twitter this morning, and. Amy Susskind said pretty much what I just said to you. Yeah. And I tweeted her back and said, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Because yeah. I think it was just terrible that he didn't say something. So um. I'm here to give him an oral medal. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you okay. go. Thank you, Carol. Good to hear from you. And thanks for watching Free Speech TV. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Tom Hartman Program. Call 202-808-9925. There is a fair amount of news, and at the very top of this list, Lee Fong has an amazing piece over at The Intercept about John Bolton spreading anti-Muslim hate.